Okay. Yeah, huh. I kind of stuck to myself anyway, so didn't really make a lot of friends. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, school is the, the marching worst. Band. Ugh, I did lacrosse. Oh, oh, okay. Weirdo. <laughs> Do you know my yeah, friend yeah. who did lacrosse? Which one? Leah Hunter. Uh, do I know Aaliyah Hunter? I don't think so. She, she would have been a senior too when you were a freshman. So. Oh, yeah. So I, did, I started when I was a sophomore. Oh, okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter because um, that was 15 years ago. Um, Very long ago. Wow. Uh, I guess it was more like 10. I think 12 I, years yeah, ago? I started 12 years ago. 12 yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah that's about right. Shit. Ugh. Okay. Alex, how old are you? I'll be 32 this year. I graduated in 08. See? Exactly. Old. Um, yep. I had to go get a rib put back in place at the chiropractor today. I am officially Oh, no. Old. <laughs> oh, God. Was it a success? Yeah. I mean, it was... Uh, they found the I rib? Lifted my, yeah. I just lifted my one-year-old and sort of twisted to the side, and it just popped out. Like, well, I guess this is the stage of life we're at now, where this mm-hmm. stuff can just happen. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm really excited and looking forward to that. Hey guys, welcome to Game Busters. <laughs> this, hey. is a, this is a podcast from GameBuster.com. Um, if you're new here, we are uh, we're here to talk uh, on this podcast about a deep dive into a game or a franchise that we love, or we just want to talk about, or maybe it's topical like this one. We're riding the SEO wave, baby. Um, I'm Nirav, and I'm your host. I'm joined, as always, by my alpha co-host, Alyssa. Why am I an alpha this week? Oh gosh, Pokemon. Fair enough, fair enough. That means we have um, to fight you, right? Yeah, and then I am also joined by local Pokemaniac, Alex. Wahoo! And bug catcher, Nikhil. I've caught some bugs in my time. All right, there we go. So, um, just to warm up real quickly, just we're going to talk about, I like, guess, what we're playing um, this week. So, um, yeah, uh, Alex, why don't you kick us off? I'm guessing you're going to say Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, I mean, my wife and I are still extremely addicted to playing Halo Infinite every single night, but I'm trying to do it less. So yeah, yeah, definitely Arceus. Um, let's see, we probably are going to try to wrap up the last few paths of Overboard, the one where you have to frame everyone else on a boat for your, uh, for you. I've heard about that. It's like a murder mystery sort of a thing. It's a reverse one. Like you start off by throwing your husband overboard and then... (gasps) It's it's like a Majora's Mask thing where you have a certain amount of time and every action takes amount of time to like move around the boat. You I feel like this is appealing to Alyssa a lot. I <laughs> like fantastic. that idea. The throwing a man overboard. Great. The dialogue is incredible. I did not expect God to be the best character. Um, it's a great time. What is this called again? Overboard. Overboard. Overboard I've, I've, it got a ton of praise. It came out early in the year. I think people forgot about it by like game of the year o'clock. Kind of a thing. Yeah, I should have. I I considered picking it for Open Critic, or I mean for Fantasy Critic, and then I thought, oh no, it's probably not going to get enough reviews. And it's in like the top ten best reviewed games of the year. Yeah, yeah. One of those sleeper hits like Busta Fellows. Is that on? Um, what's that on? It's on Switch. It's probably on okay, Steam. I think it's on PC as well. I saw it on Steam the other day. Yeah, everything's um, on Steam. Uh, not not uh not those epic exclusive games that are destroying the gaming industry. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm old enough that I've bought each console and have less time to play each of them. That's fair. So um, I can get each exclusive and then just watch it sit on the shelf. Yep. Uh, and Nikhil, what are you what are you playing right now? Um, let's see. I did a a Hades run for the first time in like a year last hey. week. Um, nice. When I had some friends in town, and yeah, we uh, 
it was like late at night. It was, I don't know. It was like one in the morning. So we were like, okay, just do one run and then we'll go to sleep when it ends. But I ended up beating the game. Like I, I finished the run. Um, so nice. we were up till like two. Um, <laughs> everyone just wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> like we, we had said we were going to keep going until the run ended. Um, oh, wow. Okay. But yeah, like I, I hadn't played in like a year and I don't know how, but um, that game is, that game is still really good. That's such a great game all around. Yeah. I'm still like kind of mad. I'm still kind of mad. It didn't win game of the year. Cause it was like the only time an indie game could have conceivably done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Does it take so as indie? Huh? Does it takes two count as indie? I wouldn't because I wouldn't count it because EA published it and mm. paid for it <laughs> to be made. The like it's it's shot. a weird it's a weird definition because like Hazelight is like an independent studio and they're not owned by EA. They're a small independent studio and they don't have a big budget. But EA came along and said like we're going to give you the money to make a AAA level game, you know, and publish mm-hmm. it. So I probably I wouldn't probably count it anyway. Doesn't matter. Um. Alyssa, what you doing? Nothing new. <laughs> yeah, I figured I'm on. That. I'm on my same shit. <laughs> Apex, Valorant, League. <laughs> uh, Mostly Valorant this week. Okay. Um, I am obviously playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. I got yesterday. Um, I guess before that, this week, I was dipping back into Persona Four, which I'm slowly chipping away at over the years. Um. It's it's a good game, but it's like these games are like, you know, eighty hours long, so it's like unless you're like super into it, it's like I, I get you get tired. Mm-hmm. Um Is that just on three DS? Persona four? No, Persona Four is only on the on PC and PlayStation Vita. Oh, am I thinking of Golden? So really it's only on PC. Um unless you're one of like the nine people who have a Vita. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I've been playing that. It's a, it's a good game, but I don't know. I, it's it's not as good as five or three. Shh. Um, anyway, I think the I'm going to probably be consumed by Pokemon Legends a good bit, I would guess, just considering I've already put like five hours into it last night. Damn. Um, I sold my Switch a couple of years ago, so I'd a garbage person. painfully not able to play oh. Arceus. What prompted that horrible life choice? Uh, I needed to buy food. <laughs> oh no! Okay, so that, yeah, that, <laughs> you can't eat Pokemon. At least well, now I could probably afford a uh, Switch. Hold on. Uh, did somebody do that in the show? Didn't someone try to eat like a Pokemon or something? I don't know. I I I'm swear there's just... been like a roasted magic Magikarp over a fire before. <laughs> yeah, doesn't somebody talk about eating James's Magikarp or something like that? I think so. So it's okay for us to make the animals or the Pokemon fight, but it's not okay to eat them after they die. Hey, they we don't use <laughs> all of the buffalo here in this podcast. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we are going to be talking about Pokemon Red and Blue this week, the uh, development and creation of these games that catapulted the biggest franchise in human history. Um, yeah, and it's not it's not close <laughs> how how big it is. Um, yeah, suck it, Hello Kitty. Yeah, Hello Kitty can eat my ass, dude. Fuck it. Let me see how much the difference is actually. Hold on. Because that's the other one that's right up there, right? Yeah, that's the second oh, yeah, biggest so. one. Eight, okay, so Pokemon is 109 billion and Hello Kitty is 88.5 billion. That's a pretty big that's jump. Something. It's a big jump. Yeah. Also, it's all like, from Hurt, right? Because it's not like yeah, it's Hello Kitty. The thing Hello is, like, Kitty. yeah, Hello Kitty is like exclusively just on merch, whereas like Pokemon has like their hands in everything. 
Huge. I mean, there's there's a, there's like a Peppa Pig uh, theme park in England. Is there a Hello Kitty theme park in Asia somewhere? That sounds believable. Um, there's gotta so, be. <laughs> so we are, um, as we do in the last few times, we have a new sort of intro segment here, the pitch meeting. Welcome, everyone. Um, so um, Alyssa and I are going to be some uh, Nintendo executives. The year is uh, 1995. So get yourself in your in the right mindset. All right. So um, I'm five. All right, you're five, and Nikhil, you are just being born. Um, okay. Um, okay, so you guys are uh, are a game freak, um, and you have created a tech demo for what you are calling Pocket Monsters, and you're coming over to Nintendo headquarters to uh, with your little demo to pitch us on it and make us uh, like agree to you know green light it and publish it. Um, all right, uh, Alyssa, you ready? More than I'll ever be. Uh huh. All right. Uh, welcome, everyone. Come in. Come in. Sit down. What have you What have you brought for us today? Okay, so you know how the Game Boy is still currently the hottest top of the market, everybody loves it thing, and it's definitely not on a downward trend since Tetris? Yes. In this room, we all have agreed that the Game Boy is doing extremely well. It is. So why not capitalize on that success by, for the first time ever, releasing a game that everyone has to buy two of oh uh, okay uh, okay all right um ha- how <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal we're only going to put 90 percent of the game's content into each cartridge so if you want all of it you'll have to connect two game boys together with those laser <laughs> tables that everybody used to fight each other in tetris <laughs> It's incredible. And we, and everyone will buy two of these. I mean, I would, wouldn't you? Because clearly we're marketing this towards people with disposable income and not tiny children. Ooh, this is good. What is the actual game? So you know how uh, everybody loves catching bugs? Yeah, I love bugs. I believe my uh, coworker here is a professional bug catcher as he was introduced. This is true. I I believe that this game will, will cater to all the bug catcher lovers such as myself um there will be plentiful bugs crawling throughout the game and you'll have the opportunity to will make bugs the weakest and worst creatures in the whole game exactly but this appeals to kids so i'm liking it yeah kids like bugs kids love bugs yeah kids kids love collecting bugs i mean yeah well okay shut up (laughs) they're stoked about it look you can you can use a different type of pokemon Fair enough. Oh, that's the name Pokemon. I created it. Mean. Oh wow. Nintendo executive. Whoa, I love it. What an incredible portmanteau of our terrible, stupid, dumb title. Yes, you. The game uh, you were going to call Pocket Monsters. It says here on this form. Yeah, because but, you, but above you carry it, them says, in your pocket. Right above that, it does say Capsule Monsters and was scratched out with a pencil. <laughs> was that you? Uh, I take no credit. Y- y- yeah, that might have been because we had a run in with Akira Toriyama and he said Capsule Corp is his thing, so we can't take that. Yeah, Capsule Corp. Th- this was very close to being called Capmon, <laughs> which like would not have been oh, very no. good. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Might not okay. have taken off. I think that this looks like. What's this yellow one here? It's what a rat. No, <laughs> you throw that in the garbage. You this put him pink on the, one. Yeah. This so pink one right here. You, this you is, put the rat on the, the cover? Money. No, no, no. The pink one. See this? This is Clefairy. Uh-huh. We're going all in on Clefairy. This exactly. is our mascot. 
Okay, I'm liking the Clefairy. Clefairy. No, don't worry, Alyssa. This is, it's all this garbage nonsense. Where it's kind of- <laughs> Kids love fairies. Kids do like fairies. Do they like rats? I don't know. Like that's this- that's my concern. This one's really right. fat. I like yeah, the, the design of this fat rat. <laughs> yeah, the rats like the bugs. You can get it early on, but it's garbage, and everyone's just going to throw it in the PC to wither and die. The fairy that's mm-hmm. from the moon. It's mad. This is where this is where the kids are going to be in love with. Okay. Kids I love like space. That. All right. Clefairy will be the official mascot of the Pocket Monsters franchise. 100%. Success. This will not change in the future. You can take my word for it. Yes. All right. Good. We did it. Um, we've gotten po- uh, we're gonna we're gonna green light this. Um, here's eleven dollars. Oh, we, we, we forgot to mention there will be caves in the game, and every two steps in the cave you will encounter bats and rocks. And that is that is necessary. Oh, but, but I do like caves. Because that cave is the only place you can find Clefairy. Huh? Exactly. Huh? Between yeah, all the bats and rocks, there will be Clefairy. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Here, here's the deal. Here's a here's eleven dollars. You have a year to make this. Get out. Go. Go. Get out of my house. Get out of my sight. I just wanna. I'm throwing a, a, a dollar, like literal one dollar bills at you. Uh, what the heck are we gonna do with these dollars? We're in friggin' nineties Japan. <laughs> yeah, this is 1995 Japan. So good luck. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Um, the reason that we don't need to worry about this too much at the beginning is because everyone in the world knows what Pokemon is. I don't think it really warrants an actual description. <laughs> um, the, Wait, are, we, uh, are we back in real life now? Yeah, we, we're back in okay. we're back in the in the modern time. Twenty twenty two. we're here. I'd rather not be here. Yeah, um, well, it was nicer in nineteen ninety five. I was gonna. I wasn't sure if we had to play out the switch from Clefairy Focus to Pikachu. No, uh, this is we're in an alternate universe now where Clefairy did become the, we changed <laughs> we, we changed change the past. Um, okay, so that let's, was uh, the plan let's, initially, right? Sorry, that was the plan initially, right? Clefairy was gonna yeah, be no, that was the plan. Yeah, Clefairy was the, the actually the reasoning. We can actually get into that later. Um, so um, yeah, let's let's go and jump into that starting uh, at the beginning here with the most basic information, of course. These final installments of Pokemon Red and Blue were released in Japan in 1996 as Pocket Monsters Red and Pocket Monsters Green. And then Pocket Monsters Blue was released in Japan a year later. They were, uh, we'll, we'll get into how this messy release happened, basically. But um, Venusaur did disappear and was replaced by Blastoise, the superior turtle, I guess. Plant Monster um, is better. And uh, yeah, so we'll talk about the weird release of this game because it, it, there's several different editions. Um so uh, to start for Pokemon, we're going to have to go all the way back to creator Satoshi Tajiri when he was a kid, who, of course, as we said, um, stemmed, uh, the idea for Pokemon stemmed from his hobby of insect collecting. Which love was, bugs. You know, people love, I don't know if you guys did, did this too. Do you remember like in elementary school, like that was like a thing everybody did was just collecting bugs on the playground and like putting them in like tiny terrarium things. Oh, yeah. I was oh, yeah. in um, Oklahoma at the time. So it was all. They have uh, bugs over there. Yeah, a lot of bugs. A lot of bugs, the kind that are supposed to like latch onto you, and you go, "Oh no, I've been bit by a brown recluse." Take me to the school nurse. No, it was. Um, I think what did we call him? I think we called him Roly Polies there. Yeah, oh, we, have, yes. we have Roly Polies here too. Oh yeah, those were the yeah. only bugs that I liked when I was a kid. Yeah, that, that was the bug to try to find as a kid. So sort of and a then rare if you found one. Found a praying mantis. That was like a shiny. That was like the only other <laughs> thing anyone cared about. Yo, the pra- oh yeah, we had a lot of like stick bugs over here down in south carolina um yeah i I grew up in southern california so like for a little while we were allowed to catch bugs but then they realized there was like 
black widows out in the field where we were initially catching them, so they stopped us. Aww. See, those are your alpha Pokemon. Those are the ones you have to fight. Yeah, yeah, those are the ones you're actually going to be afraid of. So, as a kid, Satoshi Tajiri's nickname was Doctor Bug. It's <laughs> not a good name. <laughs> and uh, he had wanted to become an entomologist. Um, so, urban areas of Japan spread, and of course, more land was paved over, and habitats for bun- for bug hunting were lost. Um, and yeah, that's sad. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of felt the, the loss of the, uh, of bug catching was something that would inspire, um, people to want to play Pokemon. He's like, kids can't catch real bugs anymore. What if I made them in the computer? Um, so, um, this is also fun here. Um, Satoshi Tajiri, he became fascinated with arcade games when he was a teenager, but his parents thought of him as a delinquent for like being into video games. Um, so the thing is because of his fascination with arcade games and video games he cut classes all the time and he eventually took makeup classes and earned a high school diploma but like it took him a long time and he was a very bad student um maybe the cutting so, classes what made him a delinquent more than like yeah him. that's why i think they were mad because he would like go leave school to play games at the arcade um well, that is kind of delinquent it is, it is, yeah. And I wasn't saying that sarcastically. I mean, oh, okay. I think it, it kind of is, yeah. Um, so Tajiri did not end up attending a university, but he went to a two-year uh, technical degree program at a community college, um, Tokyo National College of Technology, and he got a, um, a tech degree in uh, electronics and computer science. So um, he did, he wasn't a big education guy. Um, so the, the interesting thing about uh, his time in high school, of course, was um, which I think is pretty famous by now. Tajiri wrote, and he was the editor of a fan magazine called Game Freak from 1981 to 1986, focusing on the arcade game scene. The game, the name came from his own nickname that he received from bullies for being a big nerd in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so like people back. would, people would bully him and call him the Game Freak. And so he oh, was wow. like, fine, I'll make my own Game Freak. Damn. So it looks like my dad would call me. What? My, dad, like, my dad hates that I play video games. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Jesus. Did he call yeah. you a game freak? Well, I mean, he could have. Maybe behind my back. <laughs> he thought whatever about he, it. Whatever he calls you, turn it into a video game company and become a billionaire. <laughs> Fair enough. That's meatloaf backstory. Yeah. Um, so uh, Satoshi uh, Tajiri created the Game Freak fan magazine to help gamers with winning strategies and lists of Easter eggs in arcade games. Um the highest, which, by the way, I like in my mind, this was like a really like, you know, like not really a, I didn't realize this was a popular magazine, but the highest selling issue sold more than 10,000 copies. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Like, so this was like a successful, like fanzine that he created and it was actually being sold at, um, so I, I don't know if you guys know what uh, Dujinshi are. They're basically just fan yeah. comics. Um, I bought a couple in my day. <laughs> I, I figured I wasn't <laughs> going to say anything. Um, so basically they're fan comics and um, uh, Dujinshi's uh, magazine stands are pretty common around or were pretty common. I don't know how they are anymore, but um, we're pretty common around Japan. And he actually was able to get famous enough it, within that small world to have his um, to have the Game Freak magazine like at each of these locations. So you could buy it like really all over. Um, it's pretty crazy. So um, the uh, so the really cool thing about this is that um, uh, Ken Sugimori, who would later become the lead art director for Pokemon, saw the magazine Game Freak at a, a Dojinshi shop, and he uh, contacted 
um, uh, Tajiri and uh, they began collaborating. So really cool that the guy who like literally the guy who designed like the Pokemon like really like only like got in on this because he saw his magazine in a shop. Um, so mo- sorry. Oh no, I just did a grunt. Nothing. <laughs> okay. You you can be a rocket grunt. Rocket grunt. I was going to yeah, say. Yeah. Um, so more contributors came on to Game Freak and Tajiri began to realize that the games, that most games that he was talking about were lacking in quality. Game Video games are bad now. So he and Sugimori decided that the solution was to make a good game instead. What, did the NES come out? <laughs> um, <laughs> NES games are bad. Woo! Yeah, they got you got us. They, they were good. They were good when they came out. Come on. I'm wondering what I'm honestly just wondering what the garbage games he was. uh, I don't actually know. He was talking about arcade games, though. So he wasn't really focused on the NES. Um, But he said like arcade games were degrading in quality, basically. Got it. Um, So Tajiri and Sugimori evolved the magazine into a video game development company, and they opened the doors to Game Freak in 1989. So um, interesting note about these uh, about this. Um, So you guys may know this, but um, the main character of Pokemon red and blue is named like in Japanese Satoshi after the creator Satoshi Tajiri. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the anime actually, um, Ash's name is Satoshi. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Gary, his name is Shigeru named after Shigeru Miyamoto, oh, wow. who became Tajiri's mentor as he began to get into video game development. Um, both of these characters are actually based on their personalities when they were kids. So I guess Shigeru Miyamoto was like a big asshole. <laughs> that, that's oh, really yeah, hard to imagine. It's kind of funny. Uh, I mean, like, I think wasn't video game Gary not quite as mean as the show Gary though? He was a little bit mean, but he wasn't as mean. Yeah, I don't. Think I, mean, I don't know bad. how authentic the um, localization is, but that's every time he, every time you beat him, he's still like, "Uh, you're just a weak lead." Smell yeah, later. that's true. Later. Yeah, I don't know what the original <laughs> Japanese like. What he was saying. What was his catchphrase yeah. in Japanese? Do you think it was? Do you think it was like? I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it was. I don't think smell you later. later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm guessing it wasn't that. That can't be right. Um. So, um, while growing up, uh, of course, as we said, uh, Tajiri noticed that the urbanization was taking place and the insect population was declining all around, and he noticed that kids would play in their homes instead of outside. So he's like, why? Why don't I bring the the joy that I collected outside with these bugs to people in their homes? And um, so he created little creatures that, uh, of course, all at first, all of them were resembled insects, but he eventually branched out into like different kinds of monsters. And uh, they're really interesting monsters. because wasn't the first one drawn right on? I am not sure. I didn't see that anywhere. But like, no, um, I guess these like, are when it was still Capmon. I believe the first promotional or released image was the, the protagonist and a ride on exploring a cave. Oh, okay, that's possible. Yeah, I didn't see that anywhere. Let me know if that's right. Um, so, um, yeah, he, he thought that kids could like relate with these Pokemon by individually naming them and then controlling them um, to, you know, uh, represent like, you know, this is this is a good way of like relieving stress and like connecting with your little mons. Um, and he also was very adamant from the very beginning that Pokemon do not like bleed or die in battle, that they only faint. Um, cause he did not want to f- further fill the gaming vo- world with what he said was pointless violence. <laughs> um, right. Because all the violence, they are still hitting each other. I just want to like throw out. <laughs> yeah. well, basically didn't want gore, but it's okay if they're fighting. 
basically. Um, so yeah, when the when the Game Boy was released, Tajiri saw the system and thought it was perfect for his idea because of the link cable, which he envisioned would allow people to trade Pokemon with each other. This was completely new to the video game industry. I did not realize this, but as Alex hinted at earlier, um, the link cable had only previously been used for people to battle each other. There had never been any co- idea for a cooperative way to use the link cable. Um, and so uh, he said, I imagined a chunk of information being transferred by connecting two Game Boys with special cables. And I went, wow, that's got to be something. Gee willikers. The last part was me. Um, I found that really upon... right on sketch. I okay. uh, sent it in the Game Busters uh, Discord okay. channel. Let me check that out. It actually looks more like those little statues that are everywhere in the gyms. Oh, yeah. Was it's it's head head is huge. Yeah. I think this, yeah, I think that's what this design turned into is those generic Pokemon. Oh, you know what it also looks like is the substitute doll a little bit. Yeah, because that's the, that's the same one that's. Is that um, the same thing your, that's in the gym? Well, yeah, I guess the so. same as when you when you pause, when you pause uh-huh. and it's got your little Pokemon icon if they're bipedal, right? Yeah, like, remember there was like five sprites in the first yeah. game. Either you fly, either you're a, a blobfish, or you're or Lapras, or Pikachu. <laughs> that was in the second game. Sorry, it was when everyone was Lapras. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, um, so yeah, the um, uh, okay. So um, upon hearing about Pokemon, Shigeru Miyamoto, um, you know, actually came in. So I don't know if if anyone's been here in the in the past when we've covered Nintendo games. Like, there is inevitably a point in the development cycle where Shigeru Miyamoto like walks in the door and everyone starts like crying and hiding under under their desks. So, like, this is not, like, maybe, like, advertised as much, because, like, Miyamoto's kind of, like, this, like, wholesome force of good in the world, but, like, he's a, he's an extremely strict boss. Like, he is known to be, like, a really, really tough person to work for, um, because he's, like, a, he's, like, an extreme perfectionist, mostly, um, but he's also very not afraid to tell you that, like, the thing you've been working on for five years is garbage and you should throw it away. Um... (laughs) So every time, like every time there's a Nintendo game in development, sometime Miyamoto will like walk by the door and their people will be like, it's time. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big reveal. Yeah. To force and Star like Fox Miyamoto will come in and tell game. you if your game is good or not. <laughs> and, and then the, of course, inevitably he's always right. Um, and you just listen because he's always right. Damn. Yeah. We talked about this a lot in the Splatoon episode we did a long time ago, but like when, when they came up with that idea, like, he like he walked in and he like saw the tech demo of it and he was like, "This is bad. This game's going to fail unless you turn them into squids." <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. So what was it before they were squids? Actually, so people? The, the original demo of it, they had um, the uh, the idea was that they just this is crazy that they actually designed it to be a Mario game where they oh. had like Mario characters running around shooting ink. Oh, so like the Mario Sunshine. Ba- yeah, junior inspired. Yeah, inspired by Mario Sunshine. But I can also um, see why he would say that. It makes so much more sense to have like squid people shooting yeah. at each other. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's just funny. And then like they, and then he made them all punch the goo. He got he got a pile of. He was like he was like people don't understand. Like Miyamoto ended up after seeing the demo. He he made himself like the executive producer of Splatoon. Um, so he wasn't like hands on with it, but you know, he was like in this walking by the studio and stuff, but basically he, he also, 
uh, go listen to our Splatoon episode because this is crazy. But he he got a pile of an, a goo of an unknown substance. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wow. even tell anyone what it was and put it in the middle of the studio. And he made everyone go and punch it so that they would understand the feeling that he was going for. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have to like commit to some sort of similar ritual <laughs> if we ever all meet in person. Yeah, we're gonna have to just stand nineties Nickelodeon. I'll find goo of unknown origins and make us. Yeah, if you can, if you can hit hit up Nickelodeon and see if they have any left. (laughs) It was it was called Gak. That's what it was. The slime that you could buy in the nineties. It was really yes, yes. Okay, I don't remember the Gak. Gak. I just remember Ublek. I think Doctor Seuss created Ublek, and we used to use that as our slime. He he definitely created the word, but I don't know if he sent out the recipe. Yeah, I don't think he. Yeah, maybe he didn't create the recipe. (laughs) Who's to say? We had floam. I mean, that was like not quite the same because it wasn't really goo it was more just like made a little pellets right yeah Yeah. and we we got that rubbed into our carpet my parents hated us and never let us have stuff like that again (laughs) did that with moon sand hey um all right and of course the goo would eventually turn into grimer um the goo monster um so anyway yeah as a as a as miyamoto came by and uh you know began to interject himself into development as he always did um his idea was hey what if uh what if we only put half the monsters in two different games Mm -hmm. um so this was miyamoto's idea um he suggested creating multiple cartridges with different pokemon in each ones and uh, and noted that it would assist in the uh the trading stuff um and Miyamoto actually also was the one who kind of like helped kind of get the feeling for the game by uh, he was inspired by Square Enix's Final Fantasy Legend on the Game Boy. Um, and that was kind of the, uh, the the inspiration for the basic building blocks of the game that they ended up making. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so if you are still angry about there being two versions of all these games, go yell at Miyamoto. <laughs> it's really interesting how that's become such a embraced as such a negative thing now. But like in 98, when those two games came out in America, that was the coolest novelty that anyone had ever it was. heard of in games. Like My it, hope. The two versions is why it sold so well. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. We'll get to that. Um, also, like my dream scenario is for them to try to make a movie out of like a live action movie out of Pokemon Red and Blue, but release like two different movies and you have to see <laughs> both of them to see all the Pokemon. <laughs> We'll swap Electabuzz for Scyther in this one. Yeah, literally, it's just like they've swapped the Pokemon that's like in the background. <laughs> like, that would be amazing. And, okay. Uh, instead of having like a, a blue Ozark on Netflix filter in one of them, you get a red filter on the Oh my god. One. That's very good. You get a Dune filter on the other one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway. Uh, Ken Sugimori, who was a longtime friend of Tajiri, of course... Um, headed the development and designs of uh, the Pokemon and worked with a team of fewer than 10 people who created all 151 Pokemon. Um, so Sugimori served as the art director. Um, he did not, he was not the express like creator of every Pokemon, um, but he did do the final designs of everything after his team, you know, came up with the ideas and everything in the pitch room. So fun fact, a uh, little known person, Atsuko Nishida, is uh, the one who created the designs for Pikachu, Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle. Whoa, um, he oh, didn't do it? That's a, that's no. a good itinerary. Yeah, and, and wow. honestly, I'm excited that, yeah, that's a really, like, cool thing that a, a woman, like, in, in the year, like, 19-whatever, 91 or something, like, was able to be in on such a monumental thing in game development. That's awesome. Jesus, is she, is she still 
working with him? I don't know what she's doing right that now. Seems like the kind of foundational employee that you'd have to keep around. Seriously. Let's see. Googling. Um, she's a graphic artist. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, she created. She's most known as a creator of Pikachu. Um, do, 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 do. But like the original Fat Pikachu that was yeah, she, she, yeah. Wait, Fat Pikachu. No, we love Fat original Pikachu. Red He's red doing red. his best. Oh He's well God. fed. That's for sure. Wow. Okay. Here's a long list. She actually stayed on with um. Yeah, she stayed on with Game Freak through Gen Six. Actually, um, she nice. she created a lot of Pokemon. Um, through Gen yeah, all the the whole the she created the whole line actually for all those Pokemon like Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Charmander. Really? Yeah, Did and and Eevee. Started? She created Eevee, all the Eevee Lucians. Oh, wow. Geez, we've all been talking about how Sugimori is the genius. Yeah, seriously. Earth, like, come on. Uh-oh. Oh, in an interview in 2018, Nishida said Poke- Pikachu was supposed to have a, a third evolution stage after Raichu named Gorochu. Yeah, oh. Gorochu. Ooh. You know about you Gorochu? Have you seen the, Her favorite the Pokemon is Charizard, Pikachu? the one that she made. All right, what? whatever. <laughs> what do you... Charizard's good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I made this one, and it's the best one. <laughs> Um, it's okay to be a little narcissistic. Yeah, it's like Sakurai with Kirby. It's his son. He gets to love him. Oh, man. Anyway, um, yeah, let me... Actually, wait. Where's the toy box? Oh, to- wait. Oh, that's not the same company. Sorry, toy box is a different company. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. So, um, anyway, good good work. Um, oh, wow. Did you see why Gorochu didn't make it in? Oh, I just said for balance reasons. What happened? Just for, it says there was a there was a problem in terms of the size of the game data. They had to solve space by taking Pokemon that were supposed to evolve twice and make them only evolve once. And since Pikachu mm. was early in the Pokédex, it was like a, one of the first targets to get hit by that. Wow. Oh, so Gorochu was supposed to be in Gen 1. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was designed uh, along with Pikachu and Raichu. Can we see a picture of him? Let me see. Yeah, there was yeah, a sprite leak from... Uh, I could have sworn the sprite leak was from oh. the of gold from like 90. Yeah, he's like a wow. demon looking Raichu. Um, huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm looking at him. That's kind of cool. I think it should have been electric and fighting. Yeah. I think oh, this, that'd be cool. I don't know why they didn't make this like a, like a, a variant and like, you know, a Galar variant or something of Raichu just to get him out there. Yeah. He's a cool design. Yeah. I hope maybe. Oh, I guess they solved this by adding Pichu next gen though. They like, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying they, they could use this as an alternate. Yeah, they could still though, use you know? this. Though, yeah. Anyway, he's cool. Um, it might be too tough for the Pikachu branding, though. I think Pichu is more emblematic of the direction they wanted. It's got to be the cutesy thing. Yeah. Um. So, um, Nish- uh, Nishida was also the one who was uh, who had convinced uh, Sugimori that uh, the the mascot for the series needed to be cute, not cool and scary. Um. So uh, that she was Charizard. You can trust her. Yeah, I, I made Charizard. <laughs> um. Anyway, so um. Da, da, da. Okay. Anyway, shout out to her. Awesome. Good work. Um. So uh, Sugimori, of course, as I said, like finalized each of the designs after they were pitched, um, and drew the Pokemon from various angles to assist the graphics department to properly render them. So okay. um. Did they properly render them? Though? Well, in the battle scenes. I mean, we've we've all seen Charmeleon from behind, right? No, don't look at him. 
There's some other Pokemon that look horrifying from behind. I'm trying to remember who they are because I, I remember this being a whole thing. Um, anyway, um, so interesting thing that I legitimately did not know is that Junichi Masuda was the composer for the first game. Yeah. I completely forgot this. Um, yeah, when Masuda, did he stop of course, doing music? he stopped doing music, I think, at Gen 3. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh wait, um, there, there is also oh who's who's the person who helped in Gen two? I want to say is Go Ichinose a person? Um, I don't have them in here, but this is, I only have Gen one stuff in here, so got it. I'm not sure. Um, so anyway, um, so music for the game was composed by Junichi Masuda. If you're a Pokemon fan, you probably know him for other reasons though. Um, who utilized these uh, the four sound channels of the Game Boy to create like melodies and sound effects for Pokemon cries. Um, and he also noted that he also made the, uh, uh, sorry, he noted that the game's opening theme, which is just titled monster. Oh yeah. was produced with the image of the battle scenes in mind and used white noise to imitate a marching, uh, marching music and imitate a snare drum. Um, dun, yeah, I can, the Gengar, it's the Gengar Clefable, right? Yeah. So, um, Masuda would, of course, later to go on to take over the Pokemon franchise as uh, Tajiri retired. Um, so that that is so. Yeah, Masuda was there from from, uh, from day one, pretty much. So I uh, I guess I'd forgotten that, but yeah, um, he's so a lot of people, especially with all the Sword and Shield like craziness that happened, um, like a lot of people have blamed Masuda as you know the the director of the series for like. Uh, declining quality and stuff like that so people will like try to dox him and stuff like that and that's really fun and good um but he gave us oh, the, wow. the music yeah so yeah we can't we can't be too angry we can't be too mad um plus it if looks they like they actually on route two they won't dox yeah. him anymore i actually did look at the credits for um legends arceus um they actually um masuda did not work on this game at all he's working on gen 9 he's directing oh. it oh yeah. wow um, so, uh, Om- Omori, Omori was the lead producer for this game and, um, they had the guy who directed this game, uh, Legends Arceus was the same guy who, the only game he directed before was, uh, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm, um, yeah, I guess gen nine is probably well underway. Um, do you really think, does anyone think it's going to actually come out at the end of this year? I don't, mm-hmm. but if it probably uh, not. No, I think they're going to do a DLC for Arceus this year, and then they'll do. That's what I think. It's, they're going to do like a massive expansion for it. I think at the end of the year. Yeah. I think I that makes so. the most sense because they always do their gen reveals in like February. Yeah, we're not having that happen next month. There's no. No, problem. there's no way. Like, plus, I mean, hopefully that would like give them some extra time, like because usually they're on a three-year development cycle from like conception to release, which is insane. Right. Um, hopefully if they have another extra year and put out gen nine at the end of next year, maybe that would like help. Yeah. That'd be four years from sword. And yeah. That'd really be four years from sword shield, which would be like three years from the crown tundra. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that the whole team was working on the DLC. So fingers crossed. Also, step like game freak is again, not that big. It's only 150 people, which like they could hire 10,000 people if they wanted. And they yeah. should hire some more. They should hire more, not ten thousand. Yeah, like, they should have like, I mean, there there are studios like um, there there are studios that like like these AAA studios usually have like you know three hundred to five hundred employees. Like that's normal. But I guess they just figure if they're selling twenty million copies of a game anyway. Why, yeah, like why? Yeah, bother? why? why? Yeah. 
Anyway, um, <clears throat> so, okay, originally, of course, this game was called uh, Capsule Monsters. The title went through several transitions due to trademark difficulties. Um, it went through Kapumon with a C and Kapumon with a K before eventually settling on Pocket Monsters. Um, Tajiri said he was fully expecting Nintendo would reject this game because he didn't think that it would understand the concept. Um, however, like the game, of course, turned out to be a success, something that neither Tajiri or Nintendo expected. Um, and it was especially unexpected because of the declining popularity of the Game Boy, which, as we hinted at earlier, was doing very badly at the time this game released. It was at the top of the mountain. Everyone loved top, Game Boy. Top of the charts. <laughs> um, so Pokemon Red and Green would release on February 27th, 1996 in Japan. Uh, they sold rapidly, and indeed, Nintendo found that Miyamoto's idea for putting half the monsters in each different game prompted consumers to buy both, or else encouraged their friends to get the opposite version from them. Mm-hmm. That was that so, was the big one for kids. It was encouraging your friends. Yep, to you got to get this. Yeah, yes. like I want fucking Sanchu, and nobody wants mm-hmm. Sanchu. I don't know. Why I said that. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> there were kids whose favorite was Sandslash. That thing looked red. Maybe. Yeah, Sandslash was cool. Sanchu was Sanchu was version exclusive, right? I think. Pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, my what, first, the first one I actually Ekans? owned was yellow. I think Ekans so, was as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think Sanchu yeah. and Ekans were the ones you were supposed to trade. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mix so, up the exclusives across all three of them all the time. The original versions of Red and Green that were released in Japan in 1996 were uh, a bit buggy, to say the least, and they had a especially a lot of sound issues. Um, being that it was Game Freak's first game, they did learn from their mistakes and they released a more definitive edition of that called Pokemon Blue in Japan at the end of the year that was free from bugs and had a, a few caves and well, other areas reworked. Not, not totally free from bugs, right? No, definitely not. I was going to say, <laughs> there's there's some very well-known bugs. Yeah, we're, we're good to those, too. Um, Blue is what the American versions were based off, right? Yep. Yeah, we're about to get to that. So this version, Pokemon Blue, that was released in Japan, was then split into two versions with different Pokemon to catch, and that was released worldwide, and that became what we know as Red and Blue. Um, yellow version, of course, is a special edition that featured Pikachu following behind the player and some references to the anime like Team Rockets, Jesse and James. And that was released a year later. In Japan. Well, and also like the, the plot was like more towards the show, right? Like you call yeah, the yeah. starters and yeah, a lot like of that. it was, was altered for that. Yeah. Um, as a tribute to the original concepts, of course, the remakes for the Game Boy Advance were titled Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green. So like a lot of people who are not in the know are like, what's Leaf Green? There it is. Bunch of dummies. dummies. How can you not be in the know? Yeah. You gotta know. I thought, like, I I think there were, like, rumors about them doing a third version for a long time, like Ocean Blue or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would never happen. I mean, are we going to talk about playground rumors of Pokemon at some point? Because we're going to get to that. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've got a good conspiracy. Okay. Good. Good. Um, So let's see here. Okay, so to create more interest for these games, Tajiri revealed an extra Pokemon called Mew that was hidden in the games, which uh, apparently no one at Nintendo knew about. Um, what? Yeah, he, he hid it in How? the game. <laughs> well, because it was hidden and couldn't be caught in the game, but oh, it was coded okay. into it. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, he wanted to create a lot of rumors and myths, you know, and keep the interest alive and have people hunting for some way to find Mew, basically. Um, the, the truck... Yeah, the truck. We'll get to the truck. <laughs> the the um, Mew was originally added um, by uh, Shigeki Morimoto as an internal prank and was not intended to be exposed to consumers. 
um, once it once he got out there and everyone found out Mew was in the game and was trying to find a way to get it. Uh, Nintendo decided to distribute Mew through a promotional event from Nintendo, which was the only way to get one. Um, the um, until 2003, I saw there was a glitch that was discovered uh, to trigger a wild Mew battle. Um, oh. Yeah, but um, yeah, we can talk about the truck. So let's talk. Let's talk about some playground rumors while we're here. So yeah, this was one that I distinctly remember when I was a kid um, in school. Was that? Uh, in the same the area where the Saint Anne is, where you board it, there's like a truck, and that you could use strength to like move the truck, and there would be a mew underneath it. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, the the ship, the SS Anne. It's in Vermilion City. Yeah. Saint Anne. I don't know the SS Anne. It's like the northeast of Vermilion City. There's that truck, and there's nothing nearby it. Right, it's just like a truck sitting yeah, there. Yeah, it's in it's in the bay. So if you've left the SS Anne, you can't get back into that area because the sailors like, sorry, the SS Anne has already left. Yeah, so yeah. See why it became such a rumor? Because yeah, right. Because yeah, so people were talking about it, and we're like, over. it seems like an easy thing to fact check. <laughs> oh yeah, but I mean, I don't know. See, most um, of the rumors that I heard growing up were like impossibilities. Like, there's no way you're going to do that. Like the popular one at my school was Nito God, where it was like, if you raise six Nito Kings to level 100 without rare candies. And then take them to the Elite Four and beat them ten times in a row. Like <laughs> oh, Jesus. And then you talk to one of those statues in front of the Elite Four, you know, the ones we talked about earlier from the early mm-hmm. write-ons. It will spring to life as Nido oh. God and you can catch it. <laughs> God. Wow. That's I a good love one. That. I really I'm gonna have to that. try that. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's prob- it's possible no one's ever tried it. <laughs> Yeah, the the Nita, getting getting six Nita Kings up to a hundred does not sound fun. Um, I remember one. This is in gold and silver, but like the um the Ilex Forest, I think the one outside Azalea Town. There's like a rumor that like if you had like in your your party, you had to have like six Pokemon, and then you had to have like three of them were in like God, like one specific kind of ball, and three were in another one, and then you would have to go like at exactly like eleven p.m. at night to the shrine in the Ilex forest or something. And then you could summon Celebi to catch it. So yeah. that's almost right because that it's is almost... where you get Celebi, but it's with an item. Yeah. 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 It was like a thing. I, I don't know. People were talking about when the game, cause when the game came out, like I was like already, like I had that game on like day one, you know, um, silver. So like that was the thing people were talking about before anyone had gotten very far into it, you know? Um, Oh, one of the cool ones is, uh, it's not like directly re- related to the game, but for Gen 1, that uh, Gengar is like Clefable's shadow. If you like, Yeah, I've up. heard that. Um, that Which little can... tuft on Clefable's head is like the little spikes that show on Gengar's head. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I totally yeah. buy that one, especially because when it was a normal type, their, uh, their two typings couldn't hit each other. Yeah. You know, they were yeah. into each other. And then they're the two that they picked to like fight in that opening scene. Oh, in the scene, opening basically. scene. Yeah, that's true. Which is weird because they can't hit each other, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, ignore that. It's Nidorino and Gengar, right? Oh, it is well, Nidorino and Gengar. Maybe is there, it's, maybe it's there a, oh, I thought there was a, a, there a Clefable, Clefable somewhere. It might be is that in the, is that in the anime, maybe? Like when Ash, anime Ash is watching with Nidorino and Gengar, for sure. Yeah. there's. I feel like there might be. Anyway. Huh. Maybe some version of it had that. Um, the, uh, God, what was I thinking of? Um the um oh the i mean there's like the rare candy glitch too i remember which did work 
um, with missing no, where you could like, like multiply your items. That one, yeah. Missing no? Oh yeah. Did you have to have? Yeah, I was going to talk about missing no later, but we can talk about it now. <laughs> like that was that was the, um, what to say. That was the one that everybody did. Everybody knew. You talk to the old man. You have him catch a Pokemon. You fly. You surf up and down. And the sixth item gets multiplied to like 140 something. Some, yeah. Some number bigger than 100. So the yeah. the the tens place is like an icon instead of a number. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Um, so we actually had we had a, a used copy of Red version that oh, yeah. had a missing note already on it when we got it. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we, yeah, we went and bought I, it. I caught missing note. GameStop or something. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's a time bomb until it corrupts your save data. Hey, so oh, yeah. it did do that. And the funny thing was that it first evolved into Kangaskhan. Yeah, I remember. I remember that Kangaskhan. being traumatizing for me as a child. <laughs> Because missing note was gone, or because Kangaskhan no, because because it, it was like it evolved. It's like something evolves into Kangaskhan. Why wasn't <laughs> I told about this? Because <laughs> I didn't know what this was. I was like super young, and I hadn't like really heard about missing now. Um, and then I was the one telling everyone about it on the playground, like a conspiracy. Oh theory. wow! So you, so you were able to discover it yourself? Yeah, I didn't know that's about like it a, before it was. That's in like there. you picked up a Ben drowned cartridge. It is. It's so weird. Um, cause that was the one that my dad got for Nikhil. Cause like I had Pokemon blue and Nikhil was kind of too young to be like playing. I think I really game. started with gold. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think you might, I don't think you played red very much. Um, at the time. Yeah. But like that, yeah, he got a used copy and there was like already stuff on it with the missing note, which is crazy. Cause somebody just got a missing note and I guess turned it into GameStop or whatever. Um, yeah, that was some kind of evil mastermind, <laughs> like trying to corrupt someone's new game. Yeah. Um, the um oh Nikhil, do you remember that we used to do that glitch in gold and silver where you could duplicate pokemon yeah actually did i it, think i did that in emerald there was uh, a tr- there was like a battle frontier glitch where you could duplicate your pokemon I used okay to there was a trading glitch in gold and silver where you could oh, duplicate yeah. pokemon we're trading them but like one of them would get eaten basically and turned into the other one. Oh yeah that happened in gen one because oh, what it, happened okay. was was you would trade pokemon one at a time it would yeah. send one and then would send the other. So it's yeah. like if you sent yours to the other person and then one of you, I can't remember which turned your turned Game off. Boy off. Yeah. Then it would, the other one would be, it would have been replaced, but then the replaced one wouldn't have been sent yet. It's yeah. So you just duplicate it, but you lose the other one. Yeah. Alyssa, are you breathing like really heavily into the mic? Uh, I might be on accident. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <I'll, laughs> I, I, I got I, asthma. Oh God. It's okay. I run it through like a noise reduction thing anyway. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember what else there was. Like, oh, there was all the Lavender Town like ghost rumors, right? Oh shit, yeah, oh, all yeah. that stuff. That was like that was like creepy pasta shit. <laughs> like, yeah, like children's souls were like children were murdered in order to make the soundtrack and things like that. Yeah, God, the Lavender Town soundtrack is still pretty creepy. Like the backwards I mean, the version of it has got to be why all those rumors started because that was unironically the creepiest music I had ever heard in my oh, life yeah. at that point. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it creepy. And I think like there were like rumors, like if you like, Oh, if you like play it backwards, you can hear like the devil's real name. And stuff. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> the devil sings it backwards to you. <laughs> he emerges. I mean, that lines up with all the satanic panic around the game. That probably is true. <laughs> um, oh, and um, those ghost things in Lavender Tower, like they're not a Pokemon. It's just ghost. Oh, yeah. Those were like, oh, yeah, there were rumors like those were like, yeah, like real kids, like souls that were like that, like died playing the game and oh, were trapped you heard in they there. Were dead kids. Yeah, oh, dude. That's what, that's what they See, everybody said. that I knew just thought they were 
I mean, obviously kids were just making this crap up, but yeah, we just thought it was the ghosts of the actual dead Pokemon. Cause that's, that's probably what it actually is. I think that is what it is, right? <laughs> I think that's what it is. Be. Well, because when you run into a ghost, it's just, you don't have the self scope, so you can't tell what it is. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I think they are just the spirits of the dead Pokemon. Like, um, anyway, yeah, that's, that was creepy though. I remember I being, I remember being actually scared of lavender tower when I was like younger. Like you oh, know, yeah, when I was playing this the first you time. Had to play on mute. It was scary, man. Um, okay, so um, yeah, moving on. Then during the uh, North American localization of Pokemon, a small team led by Hiro Nakamura went through each of these individual Pokemon and renamed them for Western audiences uh, based on their appearances and characteristics. So uh, while doing this, Nintendo also trademarked 151 Pokemon names to ensure that they couldn't be taken, which was a good idea. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that's one thing about these games is that um, they do rename each Pokemon for each region that it's released in. Like, you know, each of the like 12 or 13 languages they make these games in, they have each Pokemon have different names. Um, and they're usually always the same idea of, a, of like a pun name almost. Um, but like a lot of the Japanese uh, names for Pokemon like rely on like onomatopoeia or like concepts that like are completely like foreign to us yeah um but yeah i don't know so does anyone have any fun japanese names they want to shout out uh the legendary birds have kind of dumb english names in japanese because they're just like what is it they're like freeze uh sparks or something i know that zapdos and jolteon have almost identical names uh, Let's Japanese. see here. Basically, Sparky in Pokemon form. Yeah. Oh. Uh, um, hang on, I'm trying to see Articuno. What's his name? Articuno is Freeze. Yeah, his name is Freezer. Oh, Freezer. <laughs> uh, That's taking more Akiratoriami trouble. Artico- oh, in French, it's Articodin, named after Odin. Okay, yeah. Um, Zapdos Odin is the God? Yeah. Oh. That's kind of dope. Zapdos is Thunder. Moltres is just fire. <laughs> the name of Moltres is just fire. The fire. Japanese, the, the Chinese names for a lot of these are like so funny because they're like just literally what it is. Like Articuno's Chinese name is the literal translation of quick freezing bird. <laughs> so literal. I actually, I don't know if I still have these from a long ass time ago. I collected a bunch of, let me just check around and see. Talk about Pokemon for a second. So if you could be any Pokemon, what would you be? <laughs> be? You have to pick to be. Oh, you so you can be all the Pokemon. Well, if you could no, pick you can one Pokemon, <laughs> pick one Pokemon. Which one would you be? I'm assuming Besides we're Gen One only today. Whatever you want, Jeez. I don't care. I don't know Mr. Mime can at least live with Ash's mom, so that's probably the happiest life. I feel like <laughs> Mewtwo has like such a troubled past and like very deep emotions. You if know? you become Mewtwo, do fair, you fair. do you turn into one or do you acquire? his backstory yeah are you a generic Mewtwo or are you that Mewtwo is it, but is I there think... even more than one Mewtwo mm. actually speaking of all that the That's most context. confusing Pokedex entry which does you know lend credence to the idea that the Pokedex is Pokedex is just garbage written by 10 year olds uh-huh. is Kadabra's Pokedex entry that says it happened one morning boy <laughs> woke up, turned into Kadabra yeah I forgot about that like wait oh, no. so, he, so he skipped Abra like he, it wasn't an Abra that turned into Kadabra. No, it was just the a first guy. one was just just some guy, and then I guess he went into an Alakazam and had babies oh, in Gen God. Two. What's the What's Gen the 1. book 
called where the guy turns into a bug. Maybe it was oh, kind of what they, oh, Yeah, that's kind of what they based it off of, maybe. But they also Except based it off Yuri thing. Geller, which got, you know, Kadabra removed from the trading card game entirely. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> so um, he's like, these are my li- spoons. You can't use spoons. They're, um, hold on a second. The, this is not the list I made, but I found some a uh, list of some good ones. Like Ivysaur, whose name is Wonderful Frog Grass. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. Gloom Gloom is Stinky Stinky Flower. <laughs> <laughs> good. Wow. Doug Trio is three ground mice. Okay. Oh, mice. <laughs> they don't look I like guess... mice at all. Come well, on. That, we, don't, we can't see what's underground. The rest of it is just a big mouse body with that <laughs> sticking off the top. Oh, God. Slowpo- Slowpoke's name is Dumb Dumb Beast. No! <laughs> And then Slowbro is dumb hippo, and then Slowking is stupid, stupid king. Is this Chinese? Why are they yeah, stupid? The Why are they calling them stupid twice? Stupid <laughs> literal this is. They this thought mag- the magnet- slow weren't uh, drastic enough. Ma- Magneton's name is three and one magnet monster. <laughs> three and one. It's like it's a sale. Like it's a three and one magnet monster. Three for one magnet monsters. <laughs> All right, that's it. I learned the wrong language. Yeah, I know, right? Dirt Land Cloud is Landorus. That's a pretty fun one. Whoa, Ditto's Dirt fucking land. great. Listen to this. The Hundred Change Monster. Ooh, that's oh, really cool. That's so good. Oh, it's actually really dope. That's like some mythical being. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Mag- wow. Listen to this for Magmar. Duck-Lipped Fire Dragon. Oh, I, I don't like that. <laughs> I hate that so It does much. have duck lips. So you know how you... they have a description for the Pokemon where it's like this, you know, Arcanine yeah, is the legendary yeah. Pokemon. So That's what word. these feel like. Magmar, the duck-lipped fire dragon Pokemon. How do you feel oh, about yeah. Mr. Mime, the sucker magic puppet? The sucker magic puppet? Okay, what is that sucker? really... They mean like literally like sucking like he just sucks? just sucker magic puppet. I didn't make these names. He's definitely he's a sucking. magic puppet. Who he's but... sucking? Well, he lives with Ash's mom. It's just it's just him with her. It's obvious what's going on there. Everyone thought it was Oak, but nah. No. It was fucking naive. Um, <laughs> also, thank you to uh, Silvoli, Silvoli, my favorite silver partner fight beast. <laughs> oh, it's um, the favorite. By default, yeah. no one else gets to have a favorite. Everyone in China, that's their favorite Pokemon. That's there. Yeah, silver partner fight beast. Um, mandated. Yeah. The there's there's just some it's it's just kind of fun um like oh Weedle is unicorn bug that's very good Aww. um anyway so um I think I'm gonna be hmm, I think I'm gonna buy which which edition are you gonna get I think I'm gonna get Pokemon three and one Magnet Monster <laughs> um so the, the, the um has really sold me yeah which one. Uh, Magmar, duck Oh yeah, duck Fire Dragon. I'm trying to decide which of these is going to be the episode title. They're all so good. <laughs> I think you should go with, with the mine one. You think you think Sucker Magic Puppet? Yes, I fucking I like love Sucker Magic puppet. puppet. I like the three and one a lot. The three and one magnet. Three and one. Monster. Yeah, I do. Can we combine them? <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's going to be a really long title, but you have to have two versions. Right. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> so you can either get Pokemon Sucker Magic, Sucker Magic Puppet version. or Pokemon Three and One Magnet Monster. Three and One Magnet Monster version. <laughs> That's your title. Um, and the only difference is one has Magneton and one has Magmar. What we need to do is release two versions of this podcast with like different Pokemon's names that we're saying in them. <laughs> yeah, just replace the Chinese uh, name segment. <laughs> okay. Um so um when red and blue versions were being prepared for release, Nintendo allegedly spent over $50 million to promote these games, fearing that the series would not be appealing to American children. Um, 
The Western localization team warned them that cute monsters wouldn't be accepted by American audiences and instead recommended that they be like redesigned and beefed up to look tough. Um, Americans do like tough things. I can see why they thought that. Yeah, but that the, the then president of Nintendo, like, um, Hiroshi, sorry. I was just saying, especially in the 90s when everything was covered in spikes and guns, which is yeah, why oh, you yeah. know, Blastoise's cannons were right there. On I was the about to say, like, why didn't they just give Charizard a gun? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he had the spikes. Yeah. Blastoise had the guns. Blastoise had guns. Um, Fire Breath is a, is a good weapon, too. He yeah, was just Pokemon Stabber Shoot version. Um, yeah, Pokemon Gun. Uh, I'm really excited for that one. <laughs> the um, That's what they're doing, not Gen 9. Yeah, not Gen 9. So... Um, uh, the then president of Nintendo, Hiroshi Yamauchi, who I believe the Yamauchi family was like owned the Nintendo company until or ran it. Sorry, until um, it's not Iwata, the guy before him, I think. Right. Or was it was Iwata the first person not of the Yamauchi family? Didn't the Iwata company? replace the dumb old guy who said that proprietary media was the way to stop piracy and made all of their consoles not sell well anymore? I think so. I'm, I'm just trying to remember if he was the first, um, if he was the first person to be to to take over the company that wasn't part of the Yamauchi family after like a hundred yeah. years. There's like one image of that guy that I always have burned into my brain, but I have no idea what his name is. <laughs> Proprietary cables are the future. Um, so the <laughs> the uh, the then president of uh, of Nintendo, of course, refused to uh, to compromise on the artistic vision of uh, of Game Freak, which is awesome. And instead viewed the game's possible reception in America as a challenge to face. Despite these worries, Pokemon has obviously hit and of course has become the biggest franchise in human history. And that is not close. Okay. So with with Pokemon catching on in America, what was the first bit of Pokemon media you ever saw? Like what made you, I can actually tell you exactly what it was because I, so I, I guess I can talk about this now. Pokemon blue is the first video game that I ever played. And Oh, wow. It is the first game that I beat also. I, I, I played the entire thing when I was like four years old, maybe three or four. Um, I remember seeing Pokemon for the first time when I was in daycare. This is my first memory as a child, actually, mm-hmm. is when I was in daycare and a kid brought his Game Boy. Um, it's a Game Boy a color, I'm guessing at this point. But um, a kid brought his Game Boy and like was playing uh one of the versions and he was fighting Brock. And I remember seeing Onyx. Onyx was the first Pokemon I ever saw. And like all the kids were gathered around watching him like fight, you know? And like, I was like, I have to like have this, you know, <laughs> I was like, this, it must be mine. I need the Onyx. And it's like, there's a big, there's a big rock snake and I need this one. And so I went home and I like, you know, I talked to, you know, I wanted it really badly. And my dad ended up getting me a, uh, a Game Boy Color and uh, Pokemon Blue uh, soon after that. And uh, I remember when the show was starting to come out, like I remember this is insane. I also have a very clear memory of seeing a commercial for the show before the show even premiered, mm. like back in the day and like being excited for it, like on TV. Um, the uh, but anyway, like, yeah, Pokemon's very close to my heart, like being this the first game I, I ever played and like has been with me my whole life. Um, so, um, yeah, anyway, I had a Blastoise. His name was Blue because it was good at naming things. And uh, 
we we defeated the elite four and became champions and uh, it was like level 81 by the end because i didn't know what <laughs> i was doing them them all. um and i didn't i didn't know how to like i guess i was i was like so young i didn't like the, the concept of using different kinds of pokemon didn't like occur to me very much so i think i just like powered through with squirtle basically the entire game nice um which is cool but anyway yeah so that that was that was awesome that was um, what about you other guys? What was what was the first thing you saw of Pokemon? I was in daycare, very similarly to Nero's oh, wow. story, no, except that I... Daycare, except you were a fetus? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, no, nah, this was in California, sadly. So we would have been a, at least 2,000 miles, 3,000 miles away from each other. Uh, <laughs> I They had, like, the, the Pokemon. It was the, the one, like, where you went through a safari and took pictures of Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon. And too. I fell in love with that game. Because they had it at the daycare, so I played it. Every what? single day, Pokemon Every is like a day. wonderful way to be exposed to it for the first time. I think it was oh, so I good. I loved cool. Rapidash. Like that was like one of the reasons Rapidash is one of my favorites is because I saw them in that game. Because it runs right past you at the beginning of the volcano level. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, it was God. so good. It's awesome. Such a good game. Oh man, uh, Nicole, what do you remember first? Um, I guess you playing blue. That makes sense. Think, yeah. <laughs> um. It was definitely a big thing in like elementary school. Like everybody knew about Pokemon, but um, yeah, I don't think I played Red all too much. No, I think to be honest, I think you just kind of like wanted it because I had one. Yeah, most likely. But I know we we definitely played both played like when, yeah, Gold and when, Silver a ton. When Gold but... and Silver came out, like we both got them together and like played through them like at the same time and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, all sixteen gems. I mean, they they don't make games like that anymore. Man, that much yeah, content. We'll do, we'll do a Gold and Silver episode later. I I can like praise. I think, I think like the jump, I feel like everything about gold and silver, like kind of just makes it like the best sequel in video game history. Like it's just was like, everything was better. And like, Oh yeah. I mean, they took a good, good game and like improved everything about it basically. Yeah. And everything except the Pokemon distribution. Yeah. Which is not something you notice as a child really, but like, (laughs) Oh, I 100% noticed. Oh, you did. I was like, where is Houndour? I'm looking for Houndour. Where is he? No, Why enjoy Wooper, please. Enjoy, enjoy, no, enjoy this Wooper. Please understand. <laughs> and Hoot Hoot. There's, there's, there's quite a few Hoot Hoots. Yeah. Too many Marines. Um, I actually like... Um, yeah, but uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that in, a, in another episode. Um, I also wanted to note that, of course, the franchise is worth uh, about $109 billion, which is larger than the GDP of 149 countries. Jesus wow. Christ. <laughs> Um, we all yay. live in a Pokemon world. Yeah, we all live in a Pokemon <laughs> world. Eventually, we'll have actual Pokemon. One day, genetically uh, created. I don't know. I saw that Pokemon Go commercial. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, do you guys remember? I mean, I, I don't know. I guess maybe only Nirav would have been old enough to remember. But in 1998, when they came out, there was a TV commercial of a bus driver crushing a bus full of Pokemon to make the cartridge. Oh, yeah. what? oh my god i remember this that was the first thing i ever saw that Holy was my shit. Like, look at all these designs look at these incredible creatures and he, this chris farley looking guy rubs his hands together he's like okay yeah, they like compress them into a game cartridge he pushes oh them god. down and then he picks up that's very messed up all them like oh, no. animated trying to wiggle their way out and he crams it into his game boy and starts playing oh my and god that wow was, that was the first thing i ever saw like this what an and that made you want to buy it. well to so rescue I, the animals from the bus crash yeah no, because I was desperate for video games as a kid. My mom was vehemently against them. 
because she had a bunch of younger brothers who would just sit around and play video games. And she was like, what a waste of time. I hate this. That's trash. So <laughs> like, like my first memory is duck hunt, like sitting on my uncle's lap when I was like two and watching him play duck hunt. Um, oh. I was, I remember being like five or six and being at a garage sale with my mom with like 20 bucks of birthday money for my grandma. And I saw a super Nintendo with super Mario world for 20 bucks. And I was like, oh, I how did you buy a whole super Nintendo for 20 bucks? Like this person was just clearing out their stuff. Like, oh, I see. I see. Uh, like a yard sale kind of thing. Yeah, it was a garage sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. And I found it. And I was like, Mom, I have the money. I could buy this. And she said, No, you can't. I'm not <laughs> no. bringing that home. Because then you'll just sit around and play it all the time. And we're not doing that. And I was, yeah. So I was desperate, desperate, desperate for video games for a long time. So I didn't actually own a copy of Gen 1 until 2002. But I played friends' copies. Every chance I got, I watched every episode that came on TV. I did convince them to buy me uh, the Pokemon cards. Um, so like with friends copies, I would just start a new game and then not save it. So I played through Brock, you know, like 20, 30 times before. I Jeez. Copy. <laughs> just um, for just desperate for scraps. Oh, yeah. And then when I did it, like they wouldn't even let me get a Game Boy. But my dad, he somehow won a Game Boy Advance before launch. So he sold it on ebay and he bought us an n64 and controllers and games with the proceeds so oh. i actually only ever beat it through pokemon stadium oh okay <laughs> so i remember uh, doing that <laughs> yeah so i um, that was a cool feature this yeah was fun so that that's that's what made me able to f be able to finally beat uh i had yellow and then i eventually picked up blue used so that i could trade through pokemon stadium with myself just <laughs> oh my god um do you remember um, well, I was just going to say ask. the only tricky thing I had was because I was playing it on a console next door, like the other side of the fence from where we lived, they were building an elementary school and the power would get out constantly. Oh no. So I got in the habit of saving like every two minutes because like there were too many times where I would just lose an hour of progress. Aww. So that was, that was my Pokemon experience was pining for it for four years and then finally getting my grubby little myths the on sweet it. The grubby hands. Before Gen 3 came out. Um, I was going to say, I remember in gold and silver, there was this glitch also where if you, first of all, if you were on a bike and you were trying to hatch an egg, each bike step counted for two steps, oh. um, which is cool. Um, and then secondly, if you comboed that with putting it into the Pokemon stadium two thing and playing it through there, it would triple it. So each, if you were on a bike, it would count as six steps and you could hatch eggs like so quick. Man, I loved the Dodrio Tower, how you could speed the game up uh, to make the game faster through Pokemon Stadium. Did you do that? Oh, I don't think I did that. I don't no. think I did that. So, so with red and blue and yellow, you could make it two times faster through Doduo Tower, or if you beat enough of Pokemon Stadium, you can make the game four times faster. So like the music is... Is that helpful? <laughs> I mean, it's... Well, you walk so slow in the original game. Yeah, I guess you do. But it's like, it, was, it made the game so much better for just grinding, you know? You're yeah. yeah. You beat something, da 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 da. It's like how you can use an emulator to speed games up now. But when yeah. I tried to do that with Gen 2 and Pokemon Stadium 2, to disincentivize people from having an advantage because they owned an N64 in the competitive scene, mm -hmm. you could not speed up those games until you had become the champion in the game. Oh, huh. Weird. It's just a weird restriction, but their official stance was like, no, we want everyone to have and to play through it the real way before the, they go the, the beginning of a long line of weird restrictions. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, we got to keep playing forward. Um, Pokemon Red and Blue held, of course, universally positive reviews from critics. There was a this was actually before the creation of Metac- uh, Metacritic, but there was a review aggregator game rankings that uh, where it had an 88. Uh, RIP. I loved game rankings. Yep. Um, with a perfect 10 from IGN included. Um, with uh, exactly as good as Skyward Sword. Um, with all the... Um, here, a quote from the Guardian uh, review kind of struck me. With the, all the talk of game engines and texture mapping and so on, there's something refreshing about the superlative gameplay which makes you ignore the cutesy 8-bit graphics. And I, I think Game Freak might have like taken that to heart like a little bit too much. I feel like that's actually uh, the response that Arceus is getting, though, where people are like, screw what it looks like. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, because like, I'll agree. Like, it doesn't look very good. Like, the, the world doesn't look very good. I think the Pokemon models Agreed. actually look great. Yeah, um, this morning I was looking at the flat grass texture like, oh. It's garbage. It's a bit depressing looking, honestly. It is. But like, I just, I don't care. It's like super fun. And it's so good (laughs) to be in Like that reviewer said, if you can just get past that and just Mm. get sucked into the mechanics, it's a great time. The clips I've seen of like Snorlax, like running at you full speed is just like terrifying. It's so terrifying. The Hyper Beam clips too, where they absolutely obliterate. Like the the Hyper Beam, like, yeah, Hyper Beam is fully like what it should have been all along, which is just like wipe you off the face of the earth. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited to find that. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so yeah, Red, Blue, and Yellow together sold about 31 million copies, making that the best-selling RPG until Skyrim outdid it in 2011. Rip. Uh, <laughs> still, uh, it does remain the best-selling RPG on the Game Boy, and of course, one of the best-selling games of all time overall. Um, no Pokemon generation has matched these sales since then. Uh, Gold, Silver, Crystal came in second with 23 million, and Sword and Shield in third with 22 million. Ooh, that's close. It's close. Um, so yeah, the um, uh, we already talked about our own experiences. Um, we talked about missing no. So I did make a note. Let's talk about Twitch Plays Pokemon. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, that like, okay. I made a custom skin for my Wii U gamepad that spelled out Praise Helix in unknown. Like, Dude. I loved Twitch Plays Pokemon. I didn't watch much of it live, but I watched the recaps at the end of each day that some YouTuber was making. Yeah, I, I loved, I got so into the lore. Like, I remember yeah. there was like a, somebody made like an interactive like lore Bible <laughs> of like right. the like creation the of, the of the world. The dome and, and Bird yeah, Jesus the, and Abby. And, uh, love all of it. I love, I think my favorite thing about it still is the the Venomoth, whose name was All-Terrain Vehicle. All-Terrain Venomoth. Uh, All-Terrain. <laughs> it became an All-Terrain Venomoth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the desktop on my laptop for like two years was a desktop of the si- the final six lineup that beat the Elite Four with their like their their actual typed names and then the interpreted names. Yeah. So oh, okay. It was Abby, Bird Jesus, All-Terrain Venomoth. Oh, geez, I don't remember the other ones. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah, I know. I remember Bird Jesus was was Zapdos. Um, hold on, I'm, I'm just googling it. Party, here we go. Um, we had a uh, yeah, Lord Helix, of course, was the Ammonite. Yeah. Um, Bird Jesus, no, Bird Jesus was Pidgeot. Um, okay, what was Battery Z- Jesus was Battery Zapdos? Was uh, the Fawns was <laughs> Neo King. Lapras was Air <laughs> Jordans, <laughs> and then Altering Venomoth. See, I, I also remember. The, the purge from the false prophet uh, Flareon when they, because they accidentally, they had to go to the PC to get something out. 
And then they blamed Flareon and the way of the dome for them accidentally releasing God. like 12 Pokemon. I genuinely think that Twitch plays Pokemon is like one of the most fascinating social experiments like of our time. It's like, the top 10 best things that have ever happened on the internet. Without It really is. Like it just, I don't know if you guys were there for how did it. it I, re- I remember when it was going on. I don't know. How did it start? It just started because a, 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 I just a on, some guy on Twitch was just like, oh, I have an idea. What if we just have a bunch of people play Pokemon and input? You can type the commands yeah. in and it'll just run. And, yeah. Were you anarchy or democracy? Uh, I was, uh, I don't know. I think I was democracy. I think I, I was democracy also. Like a and loser. It seemed like there were way more people spamming anarchy. So I was like, uh, let's try to balance this out. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Oh man, I just remember that. And I remember Netflix also capitalizing on the situation by like halfway through Twitch Plays Pokemon. They were like, oh, uh, the entire Pokemon season one is on Netflix now. Oh, wow. It was like, yeah, it was like a giant thing. I remember everyone freaking out because I was like in, I was like a freshman in college or something or a sophomore. Yeah, because it was 2013? 2012, 13. Yeah, somewhere around there. That makes sense. So um, anyway, I remember everyone freaking out about that too. Um it was just such a fascinating thing. And like, everyone was talking about it every day for like three weeks. Uh, even people who like didn't care about video games and stuff, you know, like people were talking about it. It was cool. Um, anyway, so, um, let's, uh, let's go and like wrap it up. Um, I will say like, um, I have, uh, so far with the few hours I've spent with Pokemon legends, Arceus, I am genuinely super excited about the future of the franchise now. Um, for the first time in a very long time. That is so good and, to hear. Cause I was right there with you being bummed about it. Yeah. It's easy to be bummed about it. Cause it's, it's gotten really stale and like I'm, I'm they've taken, they've removed a lot of stuff that I guess I would have thought I would have been mad about, but like the streamlining of the fun parts of the game in this are like, it makes me forget about it almost like for instance, like there aren't any like held items in this game, but like Uh-oh. you don't need oh, them yeah. and they're not really part of it at all. <laughs> Like you, you would you would forget about it very quickly because that's not what the game is about at all, right? Like yeah, we we were nuzlocking uh, shining pearl, so my son was like, "Hey, can we nuzlock this?" I'm like, kid, the game is about catching as many things as possible. We can't nuzlock this. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's very little battling in it, which I actually is refreshing. Like, um, you know, and also it's like really interesting the idea, the concept of being the one to create the Pokédex is really cool, and like. Mm. I like the idea that like each of these, because because the thing is that like each of the um the que- the the missions that you have are like watch Cyndaquil use Ember five times and like each time you do your character is like taking notes about it, so basically like the entry for like the attack Ember on the Pokedex that you're using in the future was created by your character here like ah, observing so it these. It is attacks. true that it's just some kid writing crap down, being like Alakazam <laughs> has an IQ of ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what it is. And cargo is hotter than the sun. Yeah, it's just it's just some kid writing about what they're seeing, and that's how the Pokédex was like created. Side note: Do you guys watch uh, on Dorkly's YouTube channel? Do you watch the Pokédex entry videos that they do? Um, oh no, I haven't no. seen. I that. think I've seen a few. Oh man! So they Did keep Dork- they keep doing them. They they haven't stopped. It's the only thing they do on their channel now. <laughs> oh really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I I didn't but, know Dorkly was still going. To be honest. Um, yeah, because they did Pokemon Rusty version. I was about to say. I was about to bring up Pokemon Rusty, which I do yeah, remember. Yeah. But Praise they the still doof. do these uh, <laughs> these um, Pokedex ones where they just read the entry and then do a little skit about how insane it is. You know, okay. like Drifloon canonically kidnapping children, stuff like that. Yeah, that was mentioned in Arceus already. There's like a oh, quest really? where it's like 
oh, people saw this kid down at the beach with Driftloon several evenings. Something weird's going on. Can Uh you investigate? It's like, oh my god. That (laughs) feels like a ranch in Majora's Mask. Like, get there before he's abducted. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of actually references to, like, I think I saw, like, references to, like, the anime, like, the first season of the anime in this game. And there's, like, some references to, like, uh, Pokemon Snap. There's some references to, like, the Detective Pikachu movie. And that, like that are kind of like hidden around this game. It's like really cool. It's like it. This really feels like I don't know. Maybe it's just because they finally did something different. But like it feels like Game Freak finally like loves Pokemon as much as all the people playing it. Uh, I sure hope so. And that's really nice. Because anyway, the yeah. thing that felt like it was the most in love with Pokemon in terms of games is absolutely new Pokemon Snap. Yeah, recently for that, sure. That thing, but that, but again, that was because it was made Pokemon. by like Bandai Namco, a different like company, a, yeah. <laughs> a different company of people who obviously are huge Pokemon fans and would literally kill somebody to make a Pokemon game. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, so let's let's uh, close out. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, you can of course find us at gamelister.com. You can find us on youtube.com slash gamelister for all our good videos, and uh, we're doing a lot of let's plays now. So check in on those. I'm doing. Persona 3 and Jess is wrapping up Demon Souls right now. I think we're getting someone on something else soon. Um, so uh, find us on Twitter at youtube.com. Oh, sorry, Jesus. Don't don't look for us on Twitter on YouTube. <laughs> Venmo by PayPal. Um, yeah, find us on Twitter, uh, obviously, at uh, Game Busters Pod. And uh, yeah, thank you to our, our guests. Um, please remember to... Oh, one thing I do want to shout out is that um spotify this week has added uh ratings for podcasts so if you are able to do that please give us a five star rating that would be super cool and dope that would be really cool because it does it does like help like it's the the whole discoverability thing is based on your star rating on Mm -hmm. itunes and i'm assuming on spotify so um yeah and uh so does anyone have any uh any plugs let's let's go and start alex so are you working on anything right now uh i wish uh (laughs) i I'm always trying to find a game to do music for. I've been attached to like 12 of them and they all get canceled. So if anybody wants to hit me up to do music, I am 100% down. But if anybody wants to listen to a Pokemon related thing, uh, one of my favorite things that kind of went very under the radar that I've ever made is I took the Pokemon gold and silver bike theme and combined it with I will survive by Gloria Gaynor because I felt like the bike theme melody sounded like, the violins that would be in a disco song. Ooh. So if you check on YouTube for just Pokemon bike theme, I will survive. It should be the only result. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I don't know how many people have made that. I'm I think looking the right pinned now. comment is someone asking me how in the world that idea happened. So yeah, you're yeah. Hi, my name is Alex. Hey, dude, you have 1.3 K subscribers. That's pretty good. Oh yeah. That's all because of my Mario Odyssey video. I did. I did. Um, the, the song at the very end of that with the lyrics that sounds like it's from Sonic Adventure. I did oh. a cover of that. And that's, that's Jeez. my, that's my one hit wonder thing. I actually found out recently, this is my own plug that on my personal channel, I did like a, there's a song by um, Hollywood undead that was on their last album called idol. And they did three different versions of it featuring a different like rapper in each one. I don't know why they did that. So I did like, I just kind of got annoyed and I made like a mega mix of all three of them, you know, with like all the verses in it. And I put that up just on my YouTube channel, and that has thirty six thousand views now. Nice. Oh wow! Nice. I have no, I don't have any like subscribers on my channel. This is just like my personal one. So, um, I, I by the way, I was not able to monetize that, so it's distressing, really. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Nikhil, do you have anything you want to shout out? 
Um, I don't think so. Just uh, gonna start. I just purchased uh, Arceus this morning, so I'm gonna start playing that. Nice. Nice. Um, is anyone here like a something that sounds like Gary from SpongeBob in the background? That's Munchkin. Oh, He's a mouse. My cat's yelling at me. He wants me to oh. let him outside. It doesn't even sound like a real cat. It sounds like someone took an imitation he's, of a cat. He's a he's a very la- or a deep meow. Mm-hmm. He's very manly. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Do you want to give a shout out to Munchkin? Yes, I'm giving a shout out to Munchkin right now. Maybe I'll post a picture Dunkin of him Donuts. somewhere. Munchkin, no, stop it. <laughs> he's trying to get on my bed. I don't want him on my bed. Hi, baby. Um, yeah, but you're on uh, Twitch and stuff. Yes, I started streaming again like two Ooh. weeks ago. So I'm I've been streaming like five days a week since I started again. Hopefully, I'll be able to keep that up. Um, I mainly just been like streaming like Apex, uh, Valorant, and like I do like League once a week. Um, my Twitch username is Go Ballistic. If you guys want to check me out. Cool. And um, yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Gandizi and also on YouTube and uh, Twitch and everything. Like, I don't like, I'm not streaming very much on my own Twitch channel. If you go to the Game Luster Twitch, though, um, that's that's where I usually do the streaming. So you check us out there. Um, oh, and um, recently I put up a video. I got to do an early preview of a game uh, called Blacktail, which is an uh, action adventure game that's an origin story for Baba Yaga. Um, as like a young woman and kind of it's actually pretty interesting um it's pretty whimsical there's like all the npcs are like talking mushroom demons <laughs> it's like very very fairy tale based but it's like slavic mythology um it looks like it's gonna be cool but anyway you can check out um the game luster youtube channel for that uh, preview that i did um i think it's gonna be pretty neat um okay um i think that's probably it so thank you guys for for um joining us um i want to say um if anyone uh i guess wants to close this out maybe do like your best impression of a, of a youngster joey uh that's golden silver though oh you're right it is what who's the guy in viridian forest the weird guy they don't is have a bug catcher? they didn't have names in general there was a, they were just yeah there was catcher. a bug catcher who says something weird in viridian forest what was that oh are you thinking of i like shorts they're comfy and easy to wear <laughs> <laughs>